This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Friday, May 3rd. Good morning. I'm Jeff Alley. Here's today's headlines. Democrats build climate agenda. USDR defends WTO agenda. Immigration problems drive up worker age and beetle comeback. Democrats tee up climate debate. Congressional Democrats are setting the stage for campaigning in 2020 on climate change. And the Senate Democrats have released a plan for overhauling the nation's energy tax policy and replacing the existing tax incentives for biodiesel and next-generation biofuels. Under the legislation, tax incentives for transportation fuels would be tied to a life cycle analysis for their greenhouse gas emissions, which includes emissions from producing the source crops. The incentive would go as high as a dollar a gallon, but that would be restricted to fuels with zero or net negative emissions. The tax credit for biodiesel, which the industry is trying to get reinstated by Congress, would go away. Tax breaks for oil and gas production would also be eliminated. Here's why it matters. The plan isn't going anywhere in this Congress, but it shows what leading Democrats would do if they control the Congress and the White House. This approach could dovetail with a low-carbon fuel standard, such as the one that California uses to reduce emissions from its transportation sector. The top Democrat of the Senate Finance Committee, Oregon's Ron Wyden, is the bill's lead sponsor. The co-sponsors include... Debbie Stabenow, the senior Democrat on the Senate Ag Committee. In the meantime, the House on Thursday passed a bill that would force President Trump to keep the United States in the Paris Climate Agreement. Only three Republicans voted for the measure. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell announced that he had no intention of putting the measure on the Senate floor. But keep in mind, Democrats know the bills like this won't pass, but they did get House members on the record on an issue that will likely play well with younger voters. Ag mentioned, before the final vote, the House adopted an amendment that ensured the U.S. could use voluntary agriculture practices to store soil carbon and reduce greenhouse gas emissions. USTR stands firm on WTO dispute criticisms. The Trump administration remains resolute in its refusal to allow the World Trade Organization to appoint new appellate court judges, despite the crisis that it may cause in several months. Just about every other WTO member wants the U.S. to relent. But U.S. Trade Representative Bob Lighthizer is telling lawmakers he has no intention of doing so unless U.S. demands are met. The U.S. has used words such as activists and overreacting to describe WTO dispute rulings that are alleged to go far beyond set WTO rules and essentially create new ones. There are now only three appellate judges in place at the WTO thanks to the U.S. blocking new nominees, and the terms of the two will expire in December. Under normal circumstances, there should be seven in place to hear disputes. Lighthizer, in a written response to questions from members of the Senate Finance Committee, vowed to continue to use existing tools under U.S. law to enforce U.S. rights under the WTO agreement. Swine fever spreading fast in China. African swine fever is likely spreading through China even faster than officials there are admitting, and the impacts of the disease are grave, according to an analysis by the American Farm Bureau Federation. In just a few months' time, the number of officially reported outbreaks has tripled from 40 to 120, and the number of animals culled has risen from 200,000 
to more than a million. Pretty much everyone who is following this issue believes those numbers are largely underreported and that the actual number of outbreaks and the dead or cold animal numbers are far graver, according to AFBF economist Michael Nephew. China has been increasing its U.S. pork imports in spite of the average 62% tariff on the product. Well, not just farmers are aging. The average age of the nation's farm workers is also rising, and the increase is driven entirely by the aging of immigrant laborers, according to a USDA study. The average age of foreign-born workers rose from 35.7 in 2006 to 41.6 in 2017. The average age of U.S. farm workers, including U.S.-born employees, increased from 35.8 to 38.8. Authors of the study say the increase in the average age of foreign workers reflects the slowdown in immigration. By the way, the share of farm workers who are female has risen from 19.5% to 25%, or one out of every four workers. High Court may not buy EPA shift on water regulation. EPA's draft conclusion that Congress intentionally excluded releases of pollutants to groundwater from regulation under the Clean Water Act probably won't get much deference from the Supreme Court, that according to panelists at a conference on CWA issues. The High Court has accepted for review a Ninth Circuit decision finding treated wastewater that makes its way to the Pacific Ocean through groundwater is covered by the Clean Water Act. The court is, quote, unlikely to give much weight to this memo, according to Southern Environmental Law Center attorney Frank Holloman of the EPA position. Now, Amanda Waters, counsel for the National Association of Clean Water Agencies, agreed, though she, unlike Holloman, thought the EPA statement was a sound analysis of the issue. Elbert Lynn of Hunton Andrews Kurth, who represents Maui County in the Supreme Court case, declined to discuss a possible settlement of the case, which would scuttle the Supreme Court arguments. Keep in mind, EPA's interpretation is directly contrary to the one it took in the Maui County litigation in the Ninth Circuit when it said the CWA's discharge permit program does cover pollutants that travel from a point source to a surface water through groundwater. USFWS seeks to downlist beetle. The American burying beetle appears to be more plentiful, the Fish and Wildlife Service says, in proposing to downgrade its protection under the Endangered Species Act from endangered to threatened. Included in the proposed rule is a provision protecting livestock grazing in the Northern Plains and New England. These lands generally support healthy habitat for American bearing beetle populations, according to the service. In 1989, the beetle was known only in two locations, Oklahoma and Block Island, Rhode Island. There are now confirmed populations of the beetle in seven other states, Arkansas, Kansas, Nebraska, South Dakota, Texas, Southwest Missouri, and Massachusetts, where populations have been reintroduced on Nantucket Island. Here's today's She Said It. No one is buying almond milk thinking it comes from a cow. That Jessica Almey, Director of Policy for the Good Food Institute, which advocates for alternatives to animal products, speaking at a Food and Drug Law Institute conference. She argued against restricting the use of the term milk. Well, that's Daybreak for this Friday, May 3rd. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller, 
and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.